You are tuning into Hi there to all our listeners and viewers. We're back again with another episode that you wouldn't want to miss. But before we get into that, I hope you had the chance to check out our previous episode where we had our different student leaders come on and talk about their experiences and impart really useful advice. So yeah, if you haven't, then go please do check it out. Anyway, I just want to say that I'm especially excited for this episode since our guest is someone we all really look up to. But before we get into that, I just want to check in on my co-hosts over here on how you guys are doing. Like, I don't know about you guys, but midterms are fast approaching and I can already begin to feel like the wrecks piling in. So, so how are you guys doing? Saying feels rough. By the way, you look very dashing today. And Reese, you look very flattering. Can I just say, are you for president? Because like, both straight for Reese. And Rafa, are you with Sarisol right now? You look like a doctor. Oh, thank you. I'm a, I'm a hero. Is that, is that what you mean? Is that what you oh. meant to say when you? <laughs> hero? Who's hero? Who's hero, huh? Rafa, are you, are you saying something? <laughs> Whoa. Are you trying okay. to try something right now? I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes. Um, what about Reese? How are you doing? Um, other than the obvious um, fact that midterms are really fast approaching, time is really, really fast these days. I am actually feeling pretty good. I feel really smart, smarter than usual wearing this, especially since we are in the comforts of our home. And I'm very sure why everyone knows why, because I can see everyone, um, um, the hosts especially, um, biting in their smiles or trying to hold back their smiles for this episode, because I'm sure everyone else is excited to welcome today's guest. So today's guest is a beloved member of the Enderon faculty. And if you are in the Enderon community or if you aren't, I'm sure you will love him as much as we do. We are now welcoming co-founder and the vice president of Enderon, Sir Danny. Yay! Really excited to be here. Really excited to share what I know. Um, I'm so I'm so happy to be with all of you, despite it being just on Discord. But you do make me feel a lot cooler and younger because we're on Discord and on Zoom. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the podcast. We are delighted to have your presence here at Android Unmuted. And I've been actually waiting for this episode ever since Rafa mentioned that you wanted to join us. And like during his interview, he mentioned to us, Sir Danny wanted to be here at Android Unmuted. And we were like, sure, why not? And we were, and we, he, he told us he wanted to talk about finance. And that was like, what a perfect timing because we're adults now. Like we're in that milestone where we're turning into we're becoming college students and becoming more independent and this is a great episode for like to us to learn about financing but before that to kickstart this episode the internet unmuted team prepared a simple but thrilling game called fast eu talk finance edition so, so in this game called android unmuted talk you'll be given 10 seconds to pick among two options for instance pen or pencil, you'll have to choose one, okay? Um, only one. There's a total of 10 questions, five seconds to think of an answer, and the remaining is for you to pick, um, say to us, which one do you pick among the two? So, are you ready, Sir Danny? I'm ready, but I can't, but 
I, I'm feeling like this is like a setup, <laughs> a very well <laughs> master plan setup of questions. But go ahead, go ahead. Don't worry, Rafa. I yield the floor to you for this game. Thank you. Thank you very much, Wednesdays. So to start off, it will be me. So the first items are traditional investments or cryptocurrency. A cryptocurrency. Did you want to explain why, or is there a particular reason? Oh, just just that uh, now now is a very interesting time, and um, personally, the returns in the crypto and nft space is too attractive to ignore um you know versus your traditional investments of course they're more unsafe um, so it depends on your risk appetite okay sir for the next question cash or card 10 cash or card (laughs) card oh cash cash yeah, yeah, card. Card, okay. Next. Next up is hello or goodbye? Ten. Hello. Hello, hello. yes. Okay, next. Okay, so for the next question, equity or bond? Equity. Sir, it's really quick now. That was really quick. I, was like, I couldn't even count because like, it was so okay. Okay, next. Next is get a hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars three years from now. Hundred thousand dollars. Okay, yeah. sir. For this one, Sipag or Tiaga? No, sir. One is hard work. One is more on the perseverance side. Uh, perseverance. A. Next up, this is an area really interesting if I do say so myself. Win a million dollars or earn a million dollars. Earn a million Ten. dollars. Earn a million dollars. Oh my god, it's really quick when it comes to think I couldn't even think within 10 seconds. Okay, next Sir, question. Would you rather vacation in the US or in Europe? Europe. Europe. I would do honestly. Next Same. up is Europe. movies. Between the movies, Wall Street or the Boiler Room? Hmm. Boiler Room. I haven't watched that. Whoops. We don't even know the truth. <laughs> quick confession, haven't watched Boiler Room. <laughs> okay, sir. So we're now down to our last question. So for this question, you may or may not explain your answer. Okay, okay so the question is money or love? Money. Oh. <laughs> money. Oh. <laughs> I yes. like that, sir. <laughs> they say money can't buy happiness, guys. But um, apparently, Sir Danny has something to say about this. <laughs> yes, sir. Why money? I already have all the love that I need. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <bro>. <laughs> I guess we're still in February, guys, because I'm still feeling the love in the air. <laughs> yeah, I like that answer from Sir. Oh, my. So yeah, that concludes our short icebreaker. Uh, we hope you had fun, sir. And we hope our viewers got to know a little bit more about you through your choices. But wait, sir, before we move on, I-, I know this episode's about finance, but I'm just curious because you said you'd rather vacation in Europe than the US. On that note, what is that one country that you miss visiting the most? Uh, between uh, in, in those areas? Um... Yes, sir. Switzerland, I, I do miss it because that's where I graduated from. 
So there's a lot of nostalgic memories there. Ooh, I haven't I haven't been there yet, but but my friends been there and they've been telling me such great things about that place. I'm really looking forward to traveling again after this pandemic ends. Senior trip. I'm kidding. Senior trip. Senior trip. Let's go. Rob was paying. Pre-pandemic, we organized students to go to Europe. Um, the most recent one was in Oxford, uh, in London, and and th- that was a lot of fun. So hopefully we can bring that back when the world opens up. Hopefully. A lot of you can come. Praying, praying that Wait, we yeah. go back to normal and travel, because I really want to go on a travel with you guys, like, and then do a podcast. Woo! Oh that my god, pod- enter on a muted travel edition. Oh, that would imagine be so good. Oh, imagine Rafa, like Rafa, just carrying around his mic, his fancy mic. Go, Rafa. Oh my, but yeah. Anyway, we can now move on to our main talk. So, sir, as when she, as when she mentioned, you know, when I got the chance to talk to you a few months back, something that really struck me was how passionate you were about cryptocurrency and NFTs particularly. So, I'm sure we all heard the term NFTs, but for the purpose of our viewers who aren't really that, how do I put this, well versed, uh, what what are NFTs? So simply put, first you need to understand the blockchain. I'm sorry, it's going to be a little bit of a lecture. Um, so the the blockchain is all about decentralized um, operations, right? It's it's essentially no central governing body, no central um, corporation uh, f- uh, f- for things that are happening digitally. Um, so the NFTs is a byproduct of the blockchain technology. And it's essentially, if you put it very simply, it's the digitization of a digital file. Um, and it's represented as a token. So just like you have Bitcoin or Ether or any of the tokens that you've heard of, it's just a digital representation of that. Right. And, and its main use, there's so many uses to it, but, but um, it just allows a permanent record of that digital asset. At the very I, have, so I just have a follow-up. I'm sure that the question, this question is in the minds of a lot of people who would want to invest in NFTs. But since you mentioned that NFTs are decentralized, oh, what assurance does the public have that it won't be used like, as a vehicle for fraud? Oh, there's no difference at all. Actually, it can be used for fraud. It's it's quite prevalent, um, especially now because it's not governed. It's difficult to govern. Um, so definitely, there are, there are a lot of ways it has been misused, uh, even as we speak today. Okay, sir. Uh, sir, I wait. Sir, I just want to ask. I saw your profile picture here, and is that is that one of the NFT arts you own, sir? Yeah, so again, so NFTs is a generalization of of digital applications or digitized application of digital assets. So NFTs can be a music file, it can be a picture, it can be an artwork, um, it can even be a poem that you write and then you save on the blockchain. So it, it's as simple as that, right? So if 
Rafa or Wensi, Wensi, if you'd like to make an NFT out of your voice, you could record voice files, um, you know, just like we would record on a Mac, and then you would um, encrypt it or, or, or the proper term is mint it into an NFT. But basically all that means is saving that file um, in the blockchain and it's tokenized, meaning there's a permanent record of it uh, and it cannot be replicated. The token cannot be replicated, but your file, your, your voice can be copied multiple times, right? So there's nothing to stop that either. But there's only one original that you deem original, if that makes any sense. Um, yeah, so, so NFTs are basically that. And then to go to your question, the profile pictures that you see. So one of the NFT genres, what you call profile photo um, NFTs. And the one I hold is a project called Psychedelic Anonymous. And it really started out as these pictures that you see, but NFTs can also get more complex and more things you can do with it. So for this guy, his project is about digital, uh, sorry, merch. He's going to be creating real world merchandise like clothing, fashion brand out of uh, the community that you build. He's built this community of people that are fans of this project. So the profile I'm using is one of my favorite projects, um, one of the projects that I feel in this space that has most credibility because he operates it like a business. Um, and to get you a little bit excited, when I invested in this psychedelic anonymous PFP, I put in about 0.8 ether, or for example, it's a 150,000. For example, wow. today, it's if you hold a complete set because it's like a trading. If you collect Pokemon cards, uh, he, there's a set, right? You can complete like a certain uh, grouping. So I have a complete set. A complete set now is worth as much as 1.5 million. Whoa. So, uh, but before I get too excited, I, I just wanted to say that, again, these are super, super high risk. And, and a lot of it was luck, really. Um, and tomorrow, it could be worth zero. So these are all, these are all just what you call even uh, paper gains. It's, it's not real money until it's actually real money, right? So it's only represented in values. I, I also heard that uh, in a way, NFTs are also like the flex of the digital world. Like if in real life, you have like those Rolexes and those Pateks. In the digital world, you have those NFTs. So what do you uh, call this? Wait, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. The recent news that I've heard of, like, online is that there's this guy who sold his he took like selfies for like five years straight five years and then he sold it for like one million he was able to get one million for for taking a picture for five, of himself for five years have you guys yeah. heard of that it's sir daddy yeah, have you yeah. heard of that news it was or, a 15 year was, old for 16. that was quite uh it was quite a funny um occurrence in the nft space right you're talking about gozali nft so there's an yes, indonesian sir. 
just took a picture of himself <laughs> and then he's uh you know meme worthy face and yeah and he took a picture of the, himself for i don't know five years or i don't know the, the exact duration and then he saved those files as an nft so you can think about it as that simple it's the main thing process is saving your pictures and converting it into an nft file so he did that and sold it and yeah he did make millions may i ask for a follow-up question sir wait hold on rafa how does how does something like that get value over time especially in a digital world i don't i can you like give us a brief um explanation on how such values get it's it gets an actual value is it because over time like they increase their value they get their value actually um that specific nft you're talking about i i don't see any real value right it's not it's not other nfts have uh, what you call utility or things that it does um this one particularly really had nothing right um and it's really just a phenomenon or a psychological term uh, let me see if i can pull it up i'm gonna try to recall what um, the exact terminology is because it was give me a second it is a psychological okay give me a second i did the research about it and i just wanted to make sure i use the exact correct terminology but if, if you understand for example the whole hype around yeezys yes sir you're familiar yes, with adidas I was part of those why? people sir, who lined up for them. Yeah, so, so why is that one Yeezy or a certain type of Yeezy worth, I don't know, $30,000 when it's the exact same rubber shoes as everything else, right? And in fact, if you bought it out of the retail store, you're paying retail price. Why is it now worth $1.5 So there's a theory uh, by Mr. Rene Girard. It's called mimetic theory. Um, it talks about people wanting things simply because other people want them. So he talks about human desire, not, it's not autonomous. It's not an autonomous process, but a collective one. Um, this is how humanity decides what we care about, right? Um, and then I'm sure if you're in ABM or when you come to college, you're going to learn about the velvet rope. Um, theory, you know, when you're, you go to a nice bar and club, bars on purpose, make sure that there's a line outside, even if, even if the bar is empty or half full. Why? Because it creates this whole impression that, oh, so many people want wants in, it must be the coolest place to be in. I want to be part of that. Um, similar in NFTs, clothing wear, or any collectible, like uh, you know those hard bobbing head collectibles or like these mga anime collect why why are some like millions of pesos only because other people also want it and then economics come into play supply and demand so if there's only 10,000 pieces but 1 million people want it then the price starts to go up because somebody's willing to pay for it but does it create value um that's where you know there's lots of debate and definitely for some projects it's really no value it's just really hype and the mania of wanting to own one just to say you own one um because unlike real business 
as real business investments where it's creating a service or a product and it's helping people and people are, are willing to pay for it. And, you know, um, this one is just a picture. <laughs> so to answer your question, why did that go up in value? Just because of the hype, people wanted to be part of this craziness <laughs> and say, I get I, I bought this image. I want to support it. There's a little bit also talking too much. There's also a little bit, uh, a little bit of the psychology of art also, right? Art is paint. Why, why does paint on a canvas worth 500,000, 100,000, 1 million pesos? How does an artist's work become worth that much, especially modern artists? It's determined by what other people say it's worth, what other people are willing to pay for it, right? Sure. So sure. having said that, do you think that um NFTs are still a viable investment at the moment? Because like, for example, um those who invested in Axie when it first came out really earned a lot from it. But like recently, I, I was thinking of getting into Axie, but uh, I heard from my friends that um it's been going, it's been dropping by a lot. So, you know, like I actually have a friend who invested in it and he told me he's been losing money from it. Like I know um, the concept of NFTs are sort of different from these pay-to-earn games, but uh, would you say that NFTs are still a, vi a viable investment considering that it's been around for like quite some time already? Yeah, so in, in your statement, there's a few questions. So actually NFT and this Axie, Axie is, the Axie creature is an NFT. Um, the reason why Axie got so much fame and now notoriety is, is because they were the first NFTs that were actually had utility or usable. They were the first ones to actually um, have a working game. So when I said earlier, you know, these pictures and stuff are saved um, digital files, that's the simplest, most basic explanation. But um, real projects with real developers, these NFTs are can become playable characters. So if you have PSP or if you've ever played Mario, um, the challenge or, or the evolution of gaming before was it's per console, right? If you wanted to play Mario, you, you needed to be on a Nintendo. And if you had a Mario game in your console, you only had Mario in there. The NFTs, they have what you call the metaverse, which you're all familiar or you've heard of, where there are virtual land properties um, that these NFTs become playable characters in this world. And unlike Nintendo or Mario, you can be part of Project A, whence you can be part of Project Barbies or, or Sonic, and they all interact and they can all meet in this virtual world. And what you've bought is essentially an avatar, right? So now going back to Axie, Axie was one of the first NFTs that actually had a working game. And their concept of play to earn um, was very novel because you're not earning pesos per se, right? You were earning tokens the game was generating or more cryptocurrency, but it's uh, sort of um, cryptocurrency developed by this game. So it's, it's, it's its own cryptocurrency called SLP. 
Now, SLP uh, stood for smooth lump potion. And smooth lump potion was used so that you could breed your NFTs, which were the Axie creatures. So you, you would give it the SLP and they would mate and create a new creature. And that's where the value or the desire to purchase the SLP um, was derived from. So to play, you needed an NFT called Axie. To buy an Axie, there had to be an Axie or you had to breed your own. And to do that, you had to have the SLP. But how do you get SLP? If you don't have it, you have to buy it. And that then created the demand for SLP and people converting real money for the token to create more creatures, to earn more SLPs, to breed more. But what happened, or it's, it's also like a Ponzi scheme because its value is only equal to the amount of people wanting to come in and play. Um, now that was fine on the onset because the influx of new players was more than the Axie that was available. So that's why the price of the SLP went higher and higher and higher because it was limited and people started breeding. But when they bred and they played, now imagine further before, for example, to simplify, you had one team earning 100 SLP. Now you have two teams earning 100 SLP. Next week, you have 10 teams earning 100 SLP. By the end of the year, you had 300,000 players playing and creating SLP. At one point, there was just so many players creating SLP and not enough new players coming in. And that's why the prices started to drop because now there wasn't enough players to consume the SLP. There's just too many SLP. Um, and that's why now it's you know, very difficult to earn earn from it. So that was, uh, and that by character could also be characterized as a giant Ponzi. So if you were first one in, you were lucky, you would make a lot of money. Um, but now uh, it's almost all, you can still make money, but it's not worth the time and energy. That's, that's what's happening, right? But, but to Axie's defense, they also have more complicated games. Cause I, I don't know if you've seen Axie, it's turn-based fighting, but actually the real game is, uh, it's like a little mini RPG open world. You can walk around, you can fight, you can play, you can earn, you can mine craft, you can mine resources. That would add to the complexity of the game. That would help generate more value for the SLP. I just have a follow-up question. Um, you mentioned the value is pegged on the demand, right? So in line with this, why do you think NFTs and crypto in general are very popular in like in the Philippines right now? Because uh, the other day when I was scrolling through Instagram, I saw this post saying that uh, the most NFT owners uh, come from the Philippines. Like uh, to give you context, sir, um, my friend from Switzerland who came home last December during winter break, uh, was telling me how uh, she was really surprised when, uh, what do you call this? When uh, NFT was such a big thing here because she was telling me that 
literally like her profs, like in Switzerland, her profs, her classmates, literally no one there uh, believed in NFTs. And then uh, like a few weeks later, I just see, I see a PubMed saying the Philippines are like the leading uh, consumers or not really consumers, um, leading um, holders of these NFTs. Why, why do you think that is, sir? Yeah, so I think there's a misconception there. Uh, it is true. Uh, especially with the whole boom of Axie. But the, 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 the sort of confusion there is not a lot of Filipinos that own the NFT per se. It's groups of individuals, investors, um, that, group, that purchase a lot of these NFTs and then have scholars play it. So that's that's very different. It's like uh, it's like, for example, Rafa owning one hundred thousand teams of Axie and having a hundred thousand people play for him, but but technically only one person owns all of that, right? So that's that's I think primarily the case with Axie because a lot of Filipinos that are playing as uh, I don't know if you've heard the term as a scholar. That's their terminology. They didn't make any investment. They didn't buy these NFTs. They just play for the owners. And the reason why it worked here in the Philippines and not in the U.S. was the earning. Uh, the earning at the beginning was more than the minimum wage of our country per month. And they would just play games. So that was very appealing to a lot of people because you could earn so easily. And it was in the pandemic where there was hardly any jobs available. Um, versus in the U.S., uh, you know, earning $200 for a month is not sufficient. It's not worth not going to work. It's not worth uh, stopping what you're doing, right? Secondly, the the invest the, the the owners that had the money, it was so easy for them to buy because the returns were so good. Like, to uh, to be transparent, I had teams. I had I had teams of my own. In the beginning, I made my money back in maybe a month or a month and a half, two months max, um, because we were so early when it was just starting. But now. I, I closed all those teams because it's not worth it, right? Um, so that, that's why it was so, so popular here in the Philippines. But if you look at all the other NFT projects, um, I think the biggest market is still the U.S., right? It's still, it's still primarily driven by the uh, U.S. buyers of NFTs. Do you see cryptocurrency eventually being used for real-world uh, transactions in the future? Because like years ago, uh, had you told me you'd be using like Gcash and PayMaya, I probably wouldn't have like believed you. Like, do you foresee uh, crypto going down the same route as as these things? Actually, uh, what what it's actually already being used in real-world uh, applications every day now. Um, if you take Bitcoin, even here in the country, uh, maybe not known to many, but Bitcoin is being used as a remittance vehicle for OFW um, uh, OFW remittances. Um, there's a there's a company here in the Philippines that um, that that handles that, 
and they use Bitcoin because you know when you transfer via Bitcoin, fees are so much lower, uh, and 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 there's less red tape. It's easy to transfer in, uh, so that's already being done. And then if you look at uh, Ethereum, Ethereum is is a so Ethereum. The best way to understand Ethereum is imagine the Apple iOS. Many programmers that develop apps for Apple using the Apple iOS platform, right? Likewise, for the blockchain world, Ethereum is uh, um, a platform where a lot of these other uh, developments are being created. Uh, uh, what do you call dApps or decentralized apps? So a lot of the NFTs that are coming out, a lot of uh, these projects that you see from the apes to my profile photo to a bunch of a bunch of other things, is built on the Ethereum system, and that's where it gets its value. Um, so y- yes, it's it's definitely already being used. If you're even uh, following what's happening with Ukraine and Russia. People are because you know because of the restrictions with banks, um, uh, all the red tape when transferring donations, etc. People are actually using cryptocurrency to bypass all of that. And you'll see, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but you'll see a lot of people posting uh, wallet addresses, uh, e, I mean blockchain wallet addresses, and saying you know if, you know if you want to help, just donate here. And you're donating Bitcoin, you're donating Ethereum. Because it's so liquid, it's so easy to convert um, these cryptocurrencies to your local currency. Um, that's the scary part, sir, actually, because like people nowadays, since some people, if they see other countries struggling, they could like take advantage of that situation. But um, earlier, since you've mentioned that NFTs are investments that are of high risk since its returns could differ. At like our at our age, what type of investment would you suggest to that we put our money into? Like since we are teenagers and starting to earn wanna earn, can you like um give us type of investments we can yeah. put our money in? So so my 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 son is um uh grade 12 next year uh and he asks you know he sees a lot of what i do in the nft space and he wants to get in it because um he sees the i expose him to what's happening the returns but i i tell him you know at your age it's good to before you invest or if you're thinking of investing in nfts first you, you need to be able to generate your own income Right. Don't put money that's not yours in it or your allowances in it. I don't recommend it. I also try to avoid it because um, and this is personal opinion. Other people might disagree. I didn't want him to get used to. Well, first, the misconception that anybody that invests in the NFTs will make money. I would say majority lose money. If you don't know which projects to invest in, if you don't know which ones have a higher likelihood of success um it still takes a lot of research and energy and even then it's still not as 
secure of an investment of, uh, as if you invested in a stock for San Miguel or Apple or Tesla, uh, because those are real companies with real businesses that generate real value. A lot of these NFTs are just promises, promises that if you buy their NFT one day, it's going to be worth something. Promises that they're creating a game, promises that they are going to make a movie out of your NFT character or a TV series. But at the end of the day, there's nothing holding them accountable, right? If they run away tomorrow with your money, you can't go to the government and say, hey, can you go arrest these guys, right? It's no such thing. I always advise actually my own kids not to go into NFTs at this time. Um, really focus on create first getting a career that generates your own money. Then when you have your own money, then you can look at investing that money. Right. And, and if you're planning to invest that money for me, I would still recommend, um, uh, investing in more traditional investments. Um, with the exception maybe, uh, of, uh buying bitcoin or ethereum and holding that for long term right putting a small percentage of what you've earned there because one day i feel that bitcoin and ethereum will really you know quadruple in value of what it is today um many people will disagree also but you know after 10 12 years of seeing what has happened and the constant increase in prices i think um, that has a lot of track record already. So the returns are cannot be ignored because you know you're making sometimes one thousand percent gain overnight. It's very tempting, but I also don't want or I don't want to make it seem that um, that's contradictory. I don't want it to make it seem like it's easy money to a degree because to make money in NFT it's also not that not as easy as everybody thinks. Um, but at the same time, it is easy money that I don't want my own kids to to get used to um, generating that kind of returns and not go to work or not do something, uh, not create their own business, right? Um, I would, though, encourage my own kids if they wanted to start their own NFT, not trade NFTs, not speculate and hope that their money is going to triple quadruple 100 times but if they wanted to create their own nft and make it a project and sell their own project that i encourage because there's so much opportunity there are kids that are 13 14 year old making millions selling nft art i think it's really hard right now to um especially if you don't have your like what you like what you said if you don't generate income it's not it's not doable to invest in nfts so at our age like what type of passive incomes do you think we can indulge ourselves in yeah so you know with technology it's uh easy to generate uh income surprisingly like uh, like my son and my daughter you know they're my, my daughter's only 14 my son is 16 um, but they started uh, e-commerce business, right? And not your usual. I'll sell, I'll sell cupcakes or I'll sell uh, something I baked at home, right? My son uh, imports uh, guitars from the U.S. and sells it here locally, um, and he does that all on his own. And it's all possible 
uh, through the use of technology and now, you know, logistics and shipping products from different parts of the world is so convenient. My daughter started supplying inline skatewear from Australia. Um, and they did that all over the pandemic, right? And and these like the guitars that my son sells are um, expensive, high end uh, acoustic and electric guitars. So there are ways for for you to generate income. Um, he's also getting into computer coding, and once he gets really good at that, you know you can do sideline projects um, and and create stuff for other people. Um, if you're very good at a certain thing, there's websites called Upwork where you can uh, function as an outsource project worker. Um, you can do anything from hosting to um, creating write-ups or art or presentations. So there's so much you can do to generate income at your age. And it's significant income, because huh? like my son would sell guitars that are thirty, forty thousand. Um, so it's very possible to 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 do that. You just have to find something you're passionate about. My son's a good guitar player, so that that was his passion. Um, his best friend sells bikes, imports them from China. You know, giant, specialized. What he does is he sources it in stores you know it's so i don't know if any of you bike but it's you go try to buy a good bike here it's always out of stock so he's found he's found uh, a niche market he's also my son's age he's his best friend um he has sold more than a hundred plus bikes and these bikes are a hundred thousand each wow. right hundred fifty to hundred so you know he's he's 16 but made his millions already so that's that's I, that's how I encourage um, the younger kids to first approach generating income for themselves before doing trading on NFTs. Um, there's a lot of things I I love it. I'm passionate about it. But there's a lot of things I don't like about it. So going on the same route, um, Wensi was going for um, in terms of advice and seeing that you advise or you teach your kids um, a lot of things, um, and I'm sure seeing all these stories and hearing them rather, they're, they sound pretty successful to me. Um, I just want to know what advice would you give young people like ourselves when it comes to budgeting our finances? Me especially being a student who isn't an ABM, so we have less subjects for financing so we can only really learn that um during our own time so um another follow-up question to that would be is should we follow the 50 30 20 rule so yeah that's what i want to ask so for me you know you uh hearing you all of you speak hearing seeing you here i think you're all very intelligent young individuals and one of the best resources out there for anyone is the internet any information you need is available on the internet. And if you don't like to read, you can watch videos. Um, one of the best things is to educate yourself. Uh, read. If you don't like reading, watch videos on um, growing your personal wealth, on uh, finances. Second, there's so many free tools, so many apps. 
instead of downloading games, uh, if you go on Apple and look for budgeting apps, thousand budgeting apps you can download. And the one of the most important things when you're budgeting is knowing what you're spending on. If you don't have any control or you don't, if you're not mindful what you spend on, it's hard to budget. Because a budget, what a budget means is a, a, a set plan, a forecast, right? Even in a company, you create a budget knowing what you want to spend on, how much you're going to spend, how much you're planning to earn. And that's your plan, right? That's, that's what a budget is, a plan that you follow. Um, so it can be 50, 30, 20. It can, it can be various things for various individuals. But I, more important is the discipline to stick to it. Because there's no point saying, oh, I'm going to follow the 50, 30, and 20% rule. And then the very next day, blow 60% on something. Um, and then it's good to make it realistic. You know, a lot of the problems, even today, uh, my, being 40, I, I still blow my budget all the time. <laughs> it's because it's easy to write the budget and say, okay, these are the things I'm going to spend on, but sometimes you're not realistic. Well, what about birthday parties? What about gifts that you want to give? What about the next gimmick? So you have to really think about what I want to spend on, where I want to spend it, and then think about where I can really save, right? Me personally, I like to create more income um, uh, and then sort of work around that. Um, but yeah, th that's my advice, right? The budgeting apps help because as long as you're disciplined, every time you spend, you just indicate what you spend on how much. And then it creates reports. You can see last month, this is what I spent. Oh, I should I should have not have spent more than this because I said I would only spend ten percent on food. I'm guilty. <laughs> I feel called out. I feel called out. It's okay. It's it's one of the hardest things. I mean, it's not just a, a, a young person thing, right? All the way to adults. So many people have difficult time budgeting. It is it is it is a difficult thing, right? I actually have a follow-up question. So, so you mentioned earlier that there are videos, um, possible other type of types of paraphernalia. Um, I was wondering, do you have any recommendations or personal likes that you enjoy using? Um, maybe apps that we students um could use, or maybe download after, or something they'd um think would be very very helpful to people at our yeah, on, on the top of my head I, I can't think of any specific one uh, because there's just so many and they all almost all do the same thing so as long as you go to your apple ios um they there's, again there's a hundred selections and look for a free one that the interface that you like even even on excel i don't know if you know you can download templates budget templates you can download family budget template or whatever um you know, allowance template, and I'm sure you'll find it on Excel. So the key yes. is to be resourceful. Oh, definitely. Oh, my sister and I actually use, we use templates on spreadsheet. We share the same template, actually. So I'm really happy that you mentioned that. So Rafa, I think you have the next question. Yes, sir. Um, Hearing what you've said today, wait, this is a hypothetical question, sir, but if you could go back in time to when you were about our age, what would you do differently in terms of how you handled your finances? 
a lot. Um, I used, <laughs> I, I'm, I was the worst example, right? I was very irresponsible uh, with with um, my personal finance, especially at your age. Um, I used to YOLO, as you would say, right? Spend everything, travel, no budget, bahala na, and then and then my my, I guess my bad habit and good habit at the same time uh, fueled that type of behavior because I would find ways to make the money. So give you a concrete example, I could like maybe take a holiday, especially when I was in college, spend all the money that I had traveling with friends and then realize I have not enough to survive the semester. And remember, I was in Europe um, and my allowance was set. So, you know, I would end up suffering, eating instant noodles the whole semester. Um, but then I would find a way to generate income, right? And then I would um, uh, be followed. I started writing thesis and essay essays and um, capstone projects for other students to be paid. And I would collect the fee for doing that. <laughs> uh, that was bad, but you know, the money was good. It was, it was easy for me to, um, at that time, create capstone reports of like, I don't know, this thick, um, uh, again, not to follow. So very resourceful. And then I realized, hey, you know, uh, there's a lot of colleges in the Philippines doing the exact same thing I'm doing. So to avoid plagiarism in my Swiss school, I contacted all my friends that were going to Ateneo La Salle and I said, hey, do you guys have any essay projects on marketing or finance or any case studies you did for different corporations? Email it to me. And I, I would, they would email me all of this and I would just paraphrase, change it, edit it, and then I would sell it for like uh, 500 Swiss francs per capstone project. So I, would, I was making, I don't know, 50,000 pesos per capstone and I'd sell like three or four or five of them. And then there it goes. And then I'd have money again. <laughs> now that Sir has actually shared that, I, I can't believe I'm confessing this here, but back in junior high school, I did something very similar, except I didn't do those for um, capstone projects. What we would usually do, me and my friends, I'm sorry for exposing my friends. So we would actually do that. Um, during examination period so we would make reviewers for each subject since we all have the same subjects at the time and we would sell them for a certain amount and we would only give them access and we tried to you know there was this whole like app thing I forgot what the platform was called but like you had to access it we had to give you the password and everything because we know that people can download the PDF and then share it to everyone else so we really made sure that no one could copy them yeah. and we did make a good amount but as you said that isn't really something that we should be doing i haven't been doing that since the pandemic so i'm safe but yeah um i was That's sorry better. i just really had to throw that in there. Oh, i'm i'm out here doing that for free i should have charged not gonna lie i should have I, I didn't have that business mindset yet i'm out here giving it for free dude at least you've learned oh, something my. Yeah, one of our takeaways. Oh, I'm just kidding. But what do you call this? Um, you know, I just want to say this episode has probably been one of my favorites so far, just because of the amount of stuff that we really covered and really learned. But sir, um, is there anything you'd like to say or any advice you'd just like to add before uh, we wrap this episode up? Yeah. So, um, I think in general, 
blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, this whole development in the metaverse is going to be here to stay and definitely a direction we're going to be going. So the more aware a lot of you are, the more well-versed you are, whether or not you trade or buy, it's relevant. But the more knowledgeable you are in this field, uh, the more opportunities you'll have in the future. Um, and I, like I told my son, I highly encouraged him to look at, for college, a field related to computer science or engineering, anything with, that had a technology lean, because that is the future, and it's going to be the most in-demand careers you can have. Just imagine if you watch Ready Player One, right? Have you seen Ready Player One? It's a great movie, but you know, movies are always, for me, a great indicator of the direction we're going in terms of technology. Because they always, those people that write those movies do a lot of research. And to make something more realistic, they try to see what's coming based on the technology we have or whoever's building the latest thing. They're talking to them. And then they just make it a reality in the movies, even though we're not there yet. But it shows what's probable and what's possible. If you watch Minority Report, when they were like doing all that screen in midair, um, but before, that was what, 1990s when they showed that, it felt so far away. But now we all know there's augmented reality. Now there's that Oculus Glass, there's the Facebook Oculus Goggles. There's, um, so there's so much things that still need to be built. It's It's easy to show that a completed product, but even to be able to feel in the virtual world needs to be programmed, needs to be created. Somebody needs to work on that code, on that software, on that physical hardware. So there's so many new things that are being created that you can be part of. And if you're in that position where you're knowledgeable in that space, you know, you're just securing your future. So I, I would look, I would look into that, you know, instead of watching TikTok videos of people dancing all day or singing all day. You, know. <laughs> you really called her out like that. <laughs> okay, oh, you yeah. called out for the second time. Yeah, you know, okay. you know watch, watch YouTube videos on, you know, type topics like um, uh, evolution of technology next 10 years or latest developments in augmented reality. There's so many great informative videos uh, that will open your mind. From what I can see, we are actually... Do you guys know... Have you guys heard of Black Mirror? Do you guys watch Black Mirror? I think it is slowly evolving towards that. Actually, yes, we are It's slowly evolving towards a advanced technology. And I can see that Black Mirror is not far from happening. But anyway, I think that wraps up our episode. I will get farther into what Black Mirror is. So uh, thank you, sir, for have, for being on board with us. It was really insightful, and I really had we really had fun with you today, and we learned a lot. And I guess my my other host, do you guys have to add anything? Want to add anything? Yeah, you know, I just wanted to say, sir, we really appreciate. Like we know how busy your schedule is. The fact that we had to postpone this, but you know, we really appreciate you joining us here today. And I'm sure our viewers also learned a lot. Just, I hope to see you around the campus really soon. Yes. It was really um, cool. I really enjoyed this session with you guys. 
I, I enjoyed it so much. You know, if you want to have me again, a, a different topic, or I'd be happy to join you guys, right? For sure, sir. Definitely. Um, I guess I'd also like to say thank you so much. Even though I was a little bit out of the loop as much as I'd like to admit because I have little to no knowledge about everything we talked about today. So for me, today was especially insightful, informative. I've definitely learned a lot. So with that, I just really like to say thank you. Um, like everyone, like all the hosts said, um, we'll be happy to have you here again, whether it's us as hosts or whether you meet the new team, we'll be happy have you here at Ender and Unmuted. Very cool. Thank you, thank sir. You, thank, you. thank you, sir. See you, sir. Thank you. Oh my, dude, that was, what What an episode. Exactly. It's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely, so <laughs> I it definitely didn't disappoint. Yeah. I feel a lot twice because like the TikTok content, oh my gosh, but like, <laughs> you guys can learn something from TikTok if you engage with the right content. That's the thing about TikTok. Engage that, with the right. You really content. said media literacy, guys. She's giving you guys media literacy. I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> laughing from when, when, uh, when she got exposed, when Reese exposed Benzi like that. Oh my. <laughs> but yeah, after hearing what has been shared about the alternative forms of investments like uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs, I feel like the one thing. We should really leave uh, with our audience is really the value of having an open mind because like you know just because something is unfamiliar and something's new it doesn't mean we should just like cast it aside i mean but of course um having said this we must also do our research our due diligence as it's only through these things that we're able to determine if something's right for us you know like at the end of the day we shouldn't be afraid to take risks since nothing in life is really foolproof it's just a matter of determining how much risk we are willing to put into something so yeah because whether in life love or investments there are really no guarantees so, so yeah yeah, and with that, we've once again reached the end of our episode. So don't forget to follow us on social media at enderon.unmuted and at inkenderon on Instagram and on Facebook. If there's anything you want us to talk about, feel free to reach out by sending us a message. Unfortunately, we are now muting again. Thank you for tuning in with us and see you all in our next episode. Bye! Bye! Bye. Thank <laughs> you.